Audioversity, the voice of Reichman University. Film Fanatics. From the silver screen to your earphones. With Alan Azulay and Gal Balaban. What do you say we cut the chit chat? A-ho. It's not even like a sassy question. It's like a a bold statement. A-ho. Like, I just love his weird delivery of that line. Welcome back to Film Fanatics, where we talk about the movies that have us obsessed, excited, and inspired. I'm Gal. And I'm Alan. Gal, tell us a little bit about today's episode. Today, we're going to be looking at the career of a national treasure. See what I did there? With massive talent. Terrible. See what I did there again? Terrible again. (laughs) It's the man, the myth, the legend, Nicolas Cage. Yeah, he had a lot of crazy movies, and we're talking about a lot of them today. But first of all, let's start with some news. All right, so CinemaCon... Uh, made it a very good week for us because a lot of movie news or a very bad week depending on <laughs> on how you uh depending on which corner of yeah. movies uh so first of all avatar 2 and mission impossible 7 finally got titles so avatar the way of water is what it's called which admittedly not the best title it was rumored a while ago that that's what it was but I'm hyped to see the trailer at least because apparently it's going to drop during Doctor Strange 2 but yeah, that's I don't know the if rumor. Israel does that too if they keep up hopefully they do they won't <laughs> yeah because they always fail us and then Mission Impossible 7 is called Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning and so it's going to be 7 and 8 part 1 and 2 of that I wish they just called it something else but I'm hyped for these next two movies because I love the, the Mission Impossible movies okay so these did these studios have a bet of like which bad title was going to win the weekend or something because these are both really bad maybe call it reckoning but not dead yeah, reckoning. i was gonna say just call it mission impossible reckoning like mission impossible even fallout if it is, yeah, mission even impossible if it reckoning. Is, even if it is part one and two i don't care that much about that but like that reckoning sounds horrible and the way of the water sounds worse so okay there yeah. you go that's, that's true. my tiny rant the batman 2 was finally announced um even though everyone else knew it was happening it was such a big hit uh, it made around $800 million, if I'm not mistaken, in the box That's true, office. Yeah. And it's already one of the biggest HBO Max uh, hits. Uh, I think everyone wants uh, the villain to be Mr. Freeze and not the Joker. Arnold the... Schwarzenegger. No, no please don't. <laughs> no. Uh, I think Barry Keegan will probably come back for a scene, but I doubt we'll see him like bust out of prison right now. It, I, I really want Mr. Freeze. I feel like it's the right time to do like a serious adaptation of that. Uh, it's such a such a dramatic story and I feel like you'll fit right in into this dark, terrible world of Gotham. Uh, his story is like all about like his wife dying and getting sick. It's like really, really like oh. a very dramatic story. So yeah, nothing like the Arnold Schwarzenegger one. <laughs> also in the realm of superhero movies, El Muerto has been confirmed starring an acclaimed actor named Bad Bunny, uh, and it's taking place in the Venom Morbius verse. Apparently, he fights Spider Man in the comics. He fought Spider Man twice. Okay. He's not even a big Spider Man villain. So, so, this is bad even for Sony universe of like villains fighting Spider Man because he doesn't even fight Spider Man that often. I mean, <laughs> if this was like Kevin Feige, I'd say, oh, that gives them their opportunity to try something new that 
hasn't really been done in the comics, but it's the Morbius universe, and it's... It's going to be bad. Of course it's going to be bad. Like, apparently Sony was impressed by Bad Bunny's performance in Bullet Train, which also apparently isn't a very big performance, so I don't know what to say here. I guess maybe the trailers will prove us wrong, but I doubt it. I doubt it. Uh, Wicked is getting two movies for no reason. Uh, one on Christmas 2024 and the other one on Christmas 2025. Why, go? This is happening a lot now. Like, I, this needs to be the exception to the rule, not the rule. Like, splitting a movie into two parts, like Fast 10 and 11, or Mission Impossible, I guess, makes sense. But they're doing this a lot now. Still doesn't make sense uh, to me. Like, Infinity War and Endgame, it makes sense. Yeah, Dune Part sure. 1 and 2... That makes sense. But like a musical based on The Wizard of Oz, I don't know, man. Shouldn't be like, longer than an hour and a half, honestly. <laughs> the people that like musicals, like maybe us and like Arbel. And uh Arbel shout, see Wicked with shout us. out to Arbel. Um like we like even us that we love musical films, like we don't want a musical we want, saga. We want to invest for rewards, so give us the ending in our same sitting. John Watts has stated that he is leaving the directing chair of Fantastic Four, taking a very well-deserved break from superhero movies after his great Spidey trilogy. Um, so yeah, they still have time to get someone new. So just anyone but Michael Bay. Who I would want to direct this movie, depending on how Doctor Strange goes, I would give it either to Sam Raimi, um, especially because it does. Ha- the Fantastic Four do have this like dark origin story about like them like getting these powers in a really f- like effed up way, and I feel like that could be a really cool Sam Raimi scene. So yeah, that that's my pick for now. That's who I would want to direct. You know what I'm gonna say? Why the hell not get Matthew Vaughn? Because oh, that would did, be great. That he would did X Men First Class. That would be. He's great. done Kingsman. Uh, that'll be fun. I, I love like almost everything that he's done. So uh, I could literally say he would direct any movie. But screw it. I'm gonna say uh, get Matthew Vaughn. Honestly. Yeah, I know. I just said a different one, but that's my new one. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a special guest back today. Uh, to talk here with us is Jonathan Gao. He was with us last year. We talked to him about Quentin Tarantino. And today we have uh, his presence to talk about another cinema icon, Nicolas Cage. How are you, John? I'm good. I'm happy. Let's go. This is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I've been very much looking forward to this episode. And uh, I was very glad when I sent you the idea that you were so in and enthusiastic about it. Absolutely. Nicolas Cage is a crazy person, and uh, we, we can get crazy talking about, about his movies. Uh, this guy is, uh, is a one-of-a-kind movie star. There's nobody else like him, and he made a million movies. I don't know what the exact number is. I, I lost count. Uh, and among them are a lot of very mediocre kind of straight to uh straight to vod trashy stuff but also a bunch of masterpieces and i'm I'm happy to talk about them today with you guys i'll be honest i was never like his biggest fan and i think that was sort of on my part because the first movie i ever saw with him was the rock which is like a totally fun movie 
but his performance in it is a little weird. So then I got to like the stuff where he's really good in, and then I and then I understood better um, what what there is to like about Nick Cage. But what we want to do is each of us uh, are going to share our uh, our highlights in this retrospective of his career, and we're going to talk about basically what we love about him in the movie and why the movie's great. Why? Because not all of us have seen each other's films, so why? Um, whoever's listening and us should watch it. Yeah, and just confirming, John, he has 109 acting credits on his IMDb. And he's the lead of those movies. It's yeah. not like he's a guy coming in to do a, a short part. He's always the lead guy. He does like three lead roles a year now. It's crazy. So, um, yeah, I don't know how he works that much. I can barely go through college. Exactly. Let's just give an honorable bench. The guy has an Academy Award. He won for Leaving Las Vegas. Yeah, Leaving is, Las Vegas is a great movie that I actually just saw after uh, you told me it was one of the ones that you liked. So thank you for that. It's a good one. I wouldn't recommend it because it's kind of depressing, but his acting, he shows there that he can do a, a real dramatic, sensitive, he's like an alcoholic who, who wants to die in Las Vegas, and he's really touching and vulnerable in that one. Uh, this guy worked with the Coen brothers early on. Raising Arizona is amazing. One he of my favorites with, of him. Absolutely. Uh, he, he made a really good movie with David Lynch called Wild at Heart, that is really weird. And you guys said that his acting style is weird. 100%. He's always weird. That's his, that's his niche. He's weird. Um, so I, I want to actually choose for my first choice. You're giving me two, two choices. I actually want to go with something that you mentioned earlier, which is The Rock. Okay? It's, uh, it's, uh, it's an action movie. It's a Michael Bay action movie. Did you yep. see Ambulance? Ambulance? Uh, no, I haven't yet. watched it. I'm scared to watch Michael Bay movies in theaters because I'm usually not a fan, but The Rock I really enjoyed. Yeah, the Transformers movies traumatized me to death. So <laughs> there, there is a stain on Michael Bay, but Michael yeah. Bay, when he was when he was in full full form, you know, he made these really really action packed uh, uh, action epics. You know, Bad Boys. And uh, uh, it, it was some really, really, really good one, Armageddon. Now, The Rock, Nicolas Cage is teaming up with um, Sean Connery. And Sean Connery is like this old thief that was the, the only guy to ever break out of Alcatraz and survive. And he has to help Nicolas Cage, who is a scientist, break into Alcatraz and sort of stop this uh, hostile military takeover that they want to, I don't know, they want to demolish um, uh, San Francisco. Or it's, they they want to save the world, basically. They have to break into Alcatraz to save the world. There are bodies flying everywhere. There are craziest effects. There are chase scenes and, and fight scenes and, like, really snappy dialogue. There's everything. There's, like, everything you can imagine goes on in this movie. And I think it holds up. I think, like, if, if my 12-year-old son... Um, if if I were to play this for him, and I maybe I will this weekend, I think he'll love uh, The Rock. So yeah, like my favorite Nick Cage moment in The Rock is what do you say we cut the chit chat a hole? Like the way he delivers that line. They also put that in the movie uh, when he says that to Sean Connery. It's not even like a sassy top. question. It's like a, yeah. a bold statement. A hole. Like I just love his weird delivery of that line. Thank you for that. You could have handled it differently. 
What do you say we cut the chit-chat a-hole? I want to give you my second choice, okay? Go for it. Second choice is, is, uh, is a stranger and lesser known one. It's pretty recent. It's a movie I saw just recently. I think it came out like last year. It's called Pig. And it's a very, very um, low-budget indie movie. Uh, it's basically, the plot is somebody steals Nicolas Cage's pig, and he goes looking for it, okay? But it's set... It's not John Wick, okay? It's, it's set in the world of... It sounds a lot like, like John Wick. John Pig. John Pig. It takes a twist because this movie is in, in the culinary world, right? It, it's in... His pig is a truffle pig, and this, this pig knows how to get, like, the best, uh, most expensive truffles for the top, top... You know restaurants in 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 the world so it's it's the first you know I, I haven't seen a lot of movies set in in like the world of high uh, culinary restaurant tour chef people and it sort of shows like there's this underworld of culinary crazy people that I don't even know if it's true or not but the movie sets it up and Nicholas Cage is of course batshit crazy Uh, he's got like this long beard he looks insane and he's he just wants to get his pig back um it's a fun uh, little picture and i really recommend it look look for pig absolutely okay i don't think either of us have watched it yeah so. it, but it's one of the ones that's actually on my list it was on my list even before like i now i'm in this crazy i want to see everything he ever done phase <laughs> but even before that People told me about Pig, and I really wanted to see it. So that's definitely coming up soon. Those are my two choices. I'm just looking at one that I don't know if we have on our list that, that has to be mentioned is Con Air. Did any, does anybody have Con Air on their list? <laughs> no, but I literally watched it last night. It's crazy, too. It's I, crazy. Yeah, I, um, honorable mention. It was so dumb, but I also had a lot of fun with it. Like From a filmmaking perspective... It's not like the shots are not or the editing is not done very well, but but like you just have to appreciate how big it all is. Yeah. And Nick dumb Cage and has a weird like Forrest Gump accent in it. Right. It's dumb and fun, but you, you got yeah. it. You, you hit it right on the head. My first pick. So this would be this would have been my like top Nick Cage movie. Again, Nick Cage is a guy that I watched mostly as a kid. I haven't watched him that much since I became more of like a film geek or whatever, you know? So my best memories of him are in National Treasure. Like, I loved that movie as a kid. I haven't seen it in a while. I really want to revisit it soon. But, like, weirdly enough, as a kid, that was, like, my Indiana Jones. That was my, my mummy. That was, like, that was it. Like, and he was, he was my hero uh, because of that movie. And I remember watching it with my sibling, uh, with my sister. And um, we both used to love it. And um, just the action scenes, they were so over the top and so crazy. So this is one I still have to get to, <laughs> weirdly enough. Like, you mentioned growing up with it. I've never seen National Treasure. Or yeah, the second one. Yeah, like, I grew up with it. Basically, like, um, when they announced, I think they were doing a new one now on It's Disney+. Show, yeah. On Disney Plus. And um, I was pretty bummed that, like, they're not continuing with him. Because he, like 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 we said before in the show already, he ga he gives his all. He's, like, 120% this, this crazy treasure hunter guy. Have you seen National Treasure, uh, John? I've seen two of them, I think. But I have to say I'm not a fan... 
It's one of those things where, like you said, I think it caught you at the right age. Exactly. I, I'm such an old person that I actually had Indiana Jones as my Indiana Jones. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, no, I'm not comparing the two. Like, I know that Indiana Jones I, is better. <laughs> it's just that caught it. me the per, at the perfect age. Uh, National Treasure, uh, I, I never got into it. Um, I, I didn't understand. Uh, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't for me. Uh, Would you say uh, it's still got, like dumb fun like con air and the rock kind of thing like i could still it, enjoy it it doesn't have the the, the crazy funny tongue-in-cheek yeah uh self it's it takes itself pretty seriously that's maybe yeah. why i i, uh, I wasn't so except uh, for nick cage so into it. <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> my second pick is actually in the same vein bec uh because of all the reasons i explained before it's ghost rider <laughs> Because also I was the stupid kid at the exact right age when Ghost Rider came out and like we all were talking about it at school and like Ghost Rider was the thing like that people were talking about it was like kind of like this crazy superhero movie like uh, Nick Cage goes more than 150% for this one. This is one of the craziest performances I've seen in my life. Usually he's crazy enough just being Nick Cage. But I think he got carte blanche here to be like Nick Cage if Nick, if Nick Cage <laughs> rose up from hell. So, <laughs> oh my God, now I have to watch this. <laughs> so like, it's insane. It's dumb. But like, it's one of those dumb fun movies that I uh, that I have of, uh, a soft spot for because it caught me at like the perfect, perfect time. Again, not a great superhero movie in any shape or form. But just just something that I think you have to see, especially you, Gal, because I, I know you haven't. Yeah, this is one of the rare Marvel movies that I've just never seen. Like it, it's. I feel like it is better than most of the subpar Marvel movies from that time. Like I think it's better than Daredevil. I think it's better than Elektra and um, Fantastic Four and Fantastic Four and all okay. that. But then again, that just might be my nostalgic glasses going on here. I think I saw it on a flight. I think I remember that I was like impressed, like visually, some really cool visual effects for for that time. But it's not like one that that was really uh, made made an impression on me. Uh, so, in summary, Alan Pixar. Eh. Exactly. I think it's because I started going for more like highbrow stuff, for like more meaty stuff later on in life. And for some reason, Nick Cage just kind of escaped that for me. I don't, I don't really know why. It's so, all about timing. It's, yeah. yeah, I'm sure it is. It's all about timing. But now I have this cr this great list of movies that I get to go over, like we, like watching for the first time, which I love. So yeah. So wait, we need we need golf picks, right? Yes. All right. So we talked a little bit about the fun Nick Cage action movies. This one, I think there there is some greatness here unironically and that's face off it's the craziest plot basically john travolta is a cia agent or fbi and nicholas cage is terrorist criminal something like that and after catching him uh they he like has to go to prison to extract some information so he takes nick cage's face literally like with a surgical procedure and then nick cage is mad so he takes john travolta's face and escapes and then yeah they it's like a big battle between them across the world. And uh, the action scenes are actually really, really good. And there's so many. 
Yeah, directed by John Woo, who also did Mission Impossible 2, and I can't name anything else right now. Like a big Hong Kong uh, action director was like really visionary. Exactly. And the action scenes are huge here. Like there's a prison in the middle of the ocean. and Incredible. And there's a, there's a speedboat chase. And, uh, and yeah, Cage's performance is really over the top. Like in the beginning, um, when uh, I think he's like... Uh, he's like joining the Hallelujah Choir, and he makes all these weird faces, or or when he says, "I want to take his face off," like yes. all these weird moments that I enjoy. Face off is insane. It has two insane uh, actors just uh, one upping each other about who can be crazier. So he says, "I I took his face off." <laughs> so it's insane, but uh, really, really <laughs> entertaining. I'd like to take his his face off. So this is my favorite fun Nick Cage movie. And it's weird because they sure. said that they want to make, but how I would you remake would, it? I like, would not is it a remake or a sequel? It's supposed to be one of those things where it's like, it's like in the same continuity, but they want to take the same idea with two new actors, like a soft reboot slash requel kind of thingy. Mm. You know God, I is. hate Hollywood sometimes. But it's yeah. face off. Leave it alone, man. Like you can't do this again. It, it raises. I, I I think it's a very bad idea. But it does raise like a fun question about who the current two crazy actors are. Adam like, Driver, maybe. Adam Driver, Jared Leto. Oh, oh my God. Jared Leto for sure. That'd be insane. Maybe. That's a great maybe. idea. I would kill for Jared Leto to say. You know I what? I take his face if, off. If that happens, <laughs> I would go. What's your second one, Gal? My last movie is my overall... Personally, I think this is the best movie Nick Cage has done. Adaptation. Directed yes. by Spike Jones, Written by Charlie Kaufman. Starring mm -hmm. Nick Cage as Charlie Kaufman. And the way this movie was conceived is Charlie Kaufman had to write The Orchid Thief. And then he was like, screw it. I'll make a movie about me trying to write The Orchid Thief. And that's what goes on here. Like, he's struggling. Hold on. He's... He's playing Charlie Kaufman and Charlie Kaufman's twin brother. Yeah, who, so who does not exist in real life? What? <laughs> yeah, so he plays his fictional twin brother. So it's a dual Nick Cage performance. And if you actually look uh, that year, it was nominated for best adapted screenplay, and it's credited Charlie and Donald Kaufman. So they credited an imaginary <laughs> person at the Oscars, which is hilarious. Um, it's great. But I, yeah. I'm, really I'm really glad you picked it. It's one of my favorites, too. And just a quick thing, there's a, there's a part there where, where, where the Charlie Kaufman sort of tries to learn uh, like the screenwriting workshop with this guy. With Brian Cox. McKee. Brian Cox plays him, and, but, he, but he's a real teacher, this guy Robert McKee. And I actually went, uh, influenced by this movie, I actually went to a Robert McKee workshop. And, oh, my God. And... And that is a spot on, like, that's exactly the way that guy acts and how he teaches. So I, I, I feel like maybe it was based in reality in some way. It's so real. I love that movie. Meryl Streep is in it. Yeah. It's amazing. Chris Cooper it's won amazing. an Oscar for it. It's all about the film industry, but it's also a little bit, like, surreal and odd. And I think, I think you have to have a bit of an open mind when you watch it, but... I think it's really enjoyable and also really like memorable. And thank you for sharing that story about the the Brian Cox character, uh, Robert McKee, because that's so cool. Yeah, 
I love adaptation. I think it's, I see it as a story about, you know, creativity and, and, uh, and like staring at the blank page and not making a deadline. It's like something we can all relate to. You guys are in school. You know what it's like. <laughs> uh, that, that's that's the, 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 what, what I remember. And also the jealousy between the two brothers, which is crazy. I mean, this actor is so good that he's playing two identical twins and you get like, like crazy jealousy between them. It's so weird uh, like how much, how much fun he was able to poke at himself. As uh, a self-proclaimed uh, good Nick Cage virgin, I guess, <laughs> um, what's the first thing I should watch and what's the second thing I should watch? Like right, like next week. I honestly say mm. face off. Watch it. I think Gal's, Gal's choices are great. I think adaptation has to be in there. And For then sure. Pair, you want to pair adaptation with one of the silly action ones. So either face off, con air, or the rock is your second, is your second one. You want to get adaptation and a silly one. Okay, so I think I'm going to go adaptation and face off. And yes. those, those are going to be the two ones that, yes. I, that I go with next week. I've won. <laughs> <laughs> Got one. Got one fair and square. <laughs> so I guess that's it. Thank you so much, John, for uh, for this. Like uh, you, you taught us a lot today. <laughs> it's an honor to have a, a true cage enthusiast on the show. <laughs> Absolutely. It was fun. I, I had fun, you guys. Thank you so much. Speaking of Nick Cage, we saw a very special movie this week with what I think is a brilliant title, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. What did you think of it, Alan? I loved this movie. It was so fun. Like, I had uh, I had a really good time watching it. We got another offer. What's it about? You head to southern Spain and you attend a wealthy gentleman's birthday party. I would never do that. It's a million bucks, Nick. I'll take it. Just like overall, this movie would have been perfect if it was a little bit less action heavy in the third act. Because like the first two acts are just so fantastic. This fantastic like dark comedy slash weird drama bromance thing. And it's amazing. And like I wished it was more about that. Instead of like kidnapping CIA, that whole thing I would get away from it. Speaking of bromance, Pedro Pascal is gold. And, uh, just He's so good. Something about him is so lovable. And yeah, I do agree. Whenever it cut back to Tiffany Haddish, that's when the, the movie is at its worst. Again, never a bad movie. I was just like, okay, yeah. let's get back to Nicolas Cage and Pedro Pascal or him having some like crisis with his life or something. Yeah, it's never a good sign when you can't remember the character's name. Is it Vivian? Because it was like on the text message. It is Vivian, but like, I, remember. I didn't remember it until uh, you said it, and I saw okay. this movie less than 24 hours ago. So it's <laughs> a really funny. bad sign. Yeah, and usually... I, and I don't know the name of her partner. I have no idea. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't remember his name either. But I love his line. It's also in the trailer. But uh, when she's like, oh my god, have you seen Croods 2? I'm 44 years old. Why the fuck would I see Croods 2? Yeah, that's a great line. I'm in position. I think that's the actor, Nick Cage. Nick Cage? I love you. Have you seen Croods 2? I'm 44 years old. Why the fuck would I see Croods 2? I've seen Face Off and Con Air. It's something I disliked. I think you also took issue with the fact that it was even an action movie. Yeah. Like... I didn't mind that as much because I had my expectations like that when I saw the trailer. 
but I also got that it was trying to be like an over the top Nick Cage movie in the realm of Face Off, Con Air. Like it was trying to be a tribute to that a little bit. Yeah, that 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 homage thing I really enjoyed. I just think if they were going for that, they could have pulled it off a little bit better. To me, it felt a little like Tropic Thunder. You've seen that movie, yeah. right? Where it's like that's fair parody of action movies, but also an action movie. That's how I saw it. But again, the movie really did shine in those first two thirds. In L.A., it was a fantastic, weird, dark drama slash comedy with Nick Cage just being fucking depressed. This weird character study of the actor Nicolas Cage. And I feel like they could have done just a tad bit more with that. And that should have been like the main thing here. You know, like Disaster Artist is like that... It definitely is disastrous vibes. I I feel like it could have gone more into that direction and it would have been even like an Oscar contender if it did, honestly. Yeah. There's a lot of references here to to Face Off with the guns or Con Air. They play a scene from it or uh, they name drop like so many of his movies. But even as a casual fan, I think you could have a really fun time with with the humor and of course the action, uh, depending on if you're me or Alan. Uh, but also, it's just an interesting, fun movie about the movie industry and about why people love movies and making movies. The magic of film. There's a line that Pedro Pascal is like, when you have a gift that brings joy all around the world and light to everyone, you have to use that gift for good. Like, It was like funny, but also kind of sweet at the same time. I it's, love their friendship. That's his far as comedies go this year. This is... Maybe my favorite. There haven't been that many comedies Maybe. this year. I, 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 I would agree with you on that, actually. It's also such a good idea for a movie. Just a whole movie dedicated to Nick Cage and the tribute to how like larger than life all his movies are. I love Hollywood movies about like, you know, actors and like about movie makers and all for that. Sure. But it, this insane idea of like the actor playing himself, <laughs> I want to see that happen again. Again, Can not I do that for Tom the... Cruise. Yeah, I just saw that on your letterbox thing. <laughs> Like a minute ago. That, w- <coughs> that would actually be a good idea. Because it would be like him yelling, show me the money and all that. But then he like does some big stunt. I want to shout out the director, um, Tom Gormican. Sort of how Charlie Kaufman is talking to his fictional brother in adaptation. Nick Cage has a fictional version of Nick Cage in his head that he talks to. And I thought that was such a funny part. That was. And it was a fun way to explain why he is the way he is. Uh, without like doing like a whole like depressing angle, it was like more of like an insane angle, <laughs> which I like. Like he really makes you like feel for the guy. Like if you take it like in a, like in a more like realistic way, and not like in a fun movie way. But I love that they address that there. Like yeah, it's a even, good way to address it. Yeah. To wrap up for me, even though I was never the biggest Nick Cage fan um, before this week. And even if you're not, I think you should watch this movie because um, sort of like the way it dedicates itself to him and the way he dedicates himself to the movie and to all his movies is so pure. And the way you get to see uh, the following that he's created and the career and the the love for his craft and for cinema that he has, all of that is just so great to watch. It's not only fun and funny, but kind of heartwarming too. Yeah, I think you. I think people should watch it. Uh, it's a like it's a fun movie like, just in general, but if you like Hollywood, you'll love this movie probably. Uh, if you like Nick Cage, you'll love this movie as well. Um, and yeah, 
it, this movie has had the effect on me that now I want to watch everything he's ever done. Thanks, Nick Cage, for giving us fun movies to watch. I'm Nick Thank you guys so much for joining us into this Nick Cage spectacular that we just had. This was fun. We have a lot of homework to do now. Thank you, Mr. Cage. And thank you, you guys, for listening. I'm Gaul. I'm Alan. Thank you, John, again, for joining us. Bye-bye.